I'm Polly Warren and welcome to the Positive Perimenopause podcast. This is the place for some positive inspiration to help you through the rollercoaster ride of perimenopause. I truly believe that with the right support, knowledge and wellness tools, you can feel your best yet. Because I'm learning this life phase can be a truly exciting and often pivotal time of life. With every episode, my mission is to support and empower you to own your menopause, because it's time to start taking care of the most important person, and yes, that's you. So thank you for being here and sharing your time with me. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing really, really well. As I record this, we are about to embark on a big week in our house. So this week coming up is the week, and it's as I record this, it's the 27th of October. So this week coming up, we have my husband's birthday. So we've got Giles's birthday on the 29th. We then have, there's a Halloween on the 31st, and then we have our wedding anniversary on the 3rd of November. And then we have my birthday. And this year, it's my 50th birthday on the 4th. And generally, this week is always a super fun week. And it's annoying, however, it all kind of falls within one week, but it is always a good week. The only part of it I really don't enjoy, which I've tried so hard to, over the years to really embrace, is the Halloween bit. I am not a fan of Halloween. And yeah, you might call me a real bar humbug about it, but oh my goodness, there's nothing about it which I like. And I promise you, I have gone the whole hog over the years. I've held Halloween parties. I've done so much dressing up. And of course, my three children love Halloween. They have loved it. It's been their favourite time of the year because really it's all about, well, I suppose it's about the dressing up, but it's also all about the sugar and the sweets and where we live. There is so much trick-or-treating going on. It's crazy. But my goodness, I don't like it. I don't like the scary bit of it. I'm not one into horror or scary things. And it's the controlling the sugar consumption is just off the scale. They would come back after trick or treating with buckets full of sweet and sweets. And I just seemed to lose control about (laughs) totally over how much they were eating. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad that they are a bit older now. Although, you know, my son went to a Halloween party last night and my daughter's getting ready for one soon. So yeah, I'm trying not to be too bar hunger bug about it. Anyway, let's move on to this week's episode. Now, this week I speak to the absolutely wonderful and brilliant Sarah Best. Now, Sarah is a PT and she has her own business. But it all started when she was much, much, much younger, when she trained as a competitive gymnast. And then she went on to do a degree in sports science and then moved to London and worked in sports marketing in 2017, decided that actually it was time to follow her passion for fitness and well-being and set up her own business, which is called Find Your Fit. Sarah is super passionate about helping midlife women improve their fitness to build their strength and and rediscover their energy and find their energy. And as a busy mum of three, she fully understands the challenges of juggling work, juggling family life and keeping on top of our health and fitness. And this is why she created Fitness Bites, which is a a brilliant online community, which encourages and inspires women 
to get fit at home with short, effective, bite-sized workouts. I really love what Sarah does because she is such a realist. It's all about fitting exercise and movement into our busy lifestyles, which can be challenging. But with Sarah's approach, it is absolutely and totally doable. So I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. It's full of so many really practical, useful tips to get you exercising, keep you exercising. So without further ado, please welcome the absolutely wonderful Sarah Best. I've got the lovely Sarah Best here with me today, and I'm very much looking forward to our conversation together, Sarah. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, Polly. Thank you so much for having me on today. Very excited about being here with you to chat all things uh, strength and fitness. So uh, yeah, uh, great to be here. I am so pleased that you're here with me, Sarah, because very kindly, Sarah created a video for me for my Simply Perry course for the week, which was all about movement and exercise. And it's been absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I'm very grateful, Sarah, for that. You, Sarah, are now a personal trainer. You founded your own business, Find Your Fit, back in 2017. So I'd love to know what inspired you to to start this this business and what did you do before that what led up towards towards doing this okay so I I've I've always loved my sport and always done a lot of sport throughout my life Uh, I did a sports science degree um, back in the day and uh, then actually went into uh, marketing I spent uh, many years in London uh, working on sort of sports sponsorship and uh, a long time working for the football association so a lot of sport always but not the actual doing bit and uh, I'd always wanted to be a personal trainer um I had my uh, three children and uh, I was 42 and I just kind of finished my my work in London uh, and it's always been in the back of my mind. Uh, But I actually didn't feel I had the confidence to do it. I I didn't know whether I'd be any good at teaching. I thought had I left it too late. I was 42. Um, And I just kind of eventually sort of plucked up the courage and uh, started my uh, personal training and just absolutely loved it. Um, and from the moment I started, I was just like, why have I, why have I held myself back? Why have I not done this before? So, um, yeah, I, were, I, I, I loved it. And it was just um, the benefits that fitness and movement have given me. I just really wanted to... Um, uh, share with others and to help others uh, realize uh, their potential. So, yes, I founded uh, Find Your Fit in 2017 and just been growing it since. I love it. I love hearing stories of, of women who post 40 have pivoted and changed direction and done something completely new because I just think it's so inspiring because. So many of us suddenly find ourselves in jobs up until the age of, you know, midlife. And it's a bit like, well, gosh, I've been doing this forever. So actually, this is all I know, but it's not really what I want to be doing. And it takes a lot to actually pull yourself away from that. I mean, I did that with teaching. You know, I was a teacher for ages 
but kind of knew that it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to be doing anymore. It was what I wanted to be doing at one point in my life, but but not at this particular stage. And it was terrifying leaping off into the unknown and not knowing whether what I was going to do next was going to work. So yes, you did it. Well done. I, I just really love it. And as you said, you couldn't believe that you hadn't done it before. What challenges though did you find? So 42, you're in the midst of it. You've got three children busy, busy life. So what were the challenges, personal challenges that you faced setting up this business at this stage of life? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, anyone who's set up a, a business later in their life will just realise there is so much to learn. You know, I'd gone from a big sort of marketing job where I had you know, lots of support and, and people helping me do various things. And now, you know, setting up a small business, you realise you have to be doing a little bit of everything from the, you know, from the from the marketing to the setting up the website to to actually doing the the teaching itself. So it did feel huge um, sort of roller coaster um, to sort of to get started. I was very very lucky. I, I got um, a job immediately at uh, a, a sort of a, a big a gym uh, which very much focused in in female fitness. Uh, and uh, yeah, I started to sort of uh, grow little classes. I started ha- building the confidence to actually speak in front of a big room of, of people. All the things that uh, I'd really not done before. So yes, it, it was definitely thrown into it, but just little by little, um, realizing that you actually can do all those little bits. You can send out a newsletter. You can work Mailchimp. You can do all these stuff which you you know you didn't think you were able to do before. So, yeah, a big learning curve. It is. I mean, that whole confidence thing, because I agree, you know, for me, when I started all of this, I just had no confidence in being able to talk coherently, (laughs) really, to to anybody, let alone in front of the camera on Instagram or to a room of people. And actually now I do both of those things. How do you think you built the confidence and what would you say to other people you know in terms of building that confidence um yeah I, I I think it's just little baby steps I think uh we we realize that we do have so much potential and it's just sort of unlocking that and taking the sort of baby steps so I wouldn't have been able to go into her room and teach a class straight away but I just took the baby steps towards that so maybe I had a small group and I got the confidence to you know to speak and be able to take a class and to be able to count and be able to organize it and and uh, you know that just grew slowly and slowly it definitely didn't happen overnight and it's just those small little steps um and I find the same in fitness of course you're not going to be super fit overnight you're not going to be super strong but it is just the start of that it's just taking that those uh, steps towards that journey so baby steps baby steps and just uh building celebrating small wins just trying to get move on quickly when it doesn't go so well um and just leaving that behind uh, you know that was yesterday today is a new day and uh yeah just just get going along slowly but steady yeah exactly I think that's it isn't it it's just taking those little baby steps forward and uh and not dwelling on it when things don't go 
perfectly because there's so many moments where they really don't and you just gotta let them go because actually yeah in the grand scheme of things they don't really matter and it's yeah it's just about moving moving forward slowly slowly which brings us on nicely to fitness bites because it this is a big part of what you do you've kind mm-hmm. of created this fitness bites program so perhaps sorry you can just tell everybody what is fitness bites and why did you why did you kind of come up with this idea to to bring it about so I, I suppose the more I was involved in, in teaching and uh, fitness and particularly focusing on women, um, and from a personal experience, I just realised we are so time poor and we're just trying to juggle so many plates, looking after children, working, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, I just felt um, if I could create something that people were able to do at home, that they were able to follow along, they didn't need to have a huge amount of equipment. They could do it guided and uh, really build their, their strength and, and fitness in, in the comfort of their own home without having to go off to a gym, without having to go to a studio. Um, then it would be a really useful tool for people. Uh, it's certainly how I train. I never really have an hour to spare um, to, to fully train, but I can just find little sort of 20 minute slots in my day that I can, you know, I can focus, I can, you know, do do a workout and, and then I'm done and I can sort of get get on get on with my day. Um so yeah that was that was the idea. I think there was a, a, a sort of um you know not all women have time to go to the gym for for now. And even if they do amazing they might make that you know once a week maybe but you know, ideally, we want to be moving often and, and regularly. Um, so you might make your gym session, but you know what? What are you going to do the rest of the week? So just having a little bit of a, a, a guided workout that people can follow um, seems to, yeah, seems to be what people want. So just being growing those uh, little bite-sized workouts um, the, the last year, year or so. Yeah, the biggest barrier I think to exercise to movement is. Is time. I mean, that's what most people say. Oh, I just don't have the time to to do it. Particularly for those people who perhaps ha- don't really want to do it. You know, it is a really good excuse. We don't have, you know, we don't have enough time. But actually, I don't buy that. We all have enough time. It's just really where we put our priorities. But doing fitness bites in sort of little moment, you know, having moments in the day. I think it's just it just makes like so much sense. It's so sensible to yeah not have to dedicate an hour because actually particularly as women are going through menopause and perimenopause actually an hour is just is quite unrealistic you actually are quite exhausted as well perhaps you know for, to do a whole hour I, I yeah and I, I think particularly at home um you know if, you, if you're if you're working or juggling children it, it is it is really it is really hard to find that time and the, the way I've, I've sort of split them up um, is that you get um, uh, more of a strength-based workout they're all under 20 minutes um, they're more of a core-based uh, workout and then a little bit more of a I suppose hit style but but uh, not super intensive we might have a little bit of skipping in there or a few little jumping jacks which is really good um, I think sometimes strength training can become a little bit static and actually it is really good to add a little bit of plyometrics it's brilliant for bone health just doing a little bit of jumping um you know 
a few more body weight exercises. They're really good for agility, for uh, keeping us mobile, sort of moving athletically. So that's how I split up. So you can kind of feel, oh, actually, I feel like a bit of, it's a core day for me. You know, I fancy more of a mat-based uh, little 20 minutes or actually today I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized. Actually, I quite, you know, fancy fancy a strength one or whatever. So it's it's quite nice to feel you've sort of got the option um, depending on how you feel, depending on the time you've got. So sometimes people put them together. They all work. So you could, if you're feeling super energetic and did have the time, then you could do three in a row. So it would be an hour's workout, but they're definitely not uh, necessarily designed to do that. So typically they're 20 minutes each, your videos. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. All under 20 minutes. Let's talk about strength because we've had this conversation before because at the moment, particularly when it comes to 35 years onwards, we all know we now, well, if you don't, you know, we lose bone density. Uh, there's risk of osteoporosis as we go through menopause and our estrogen declines. So there's been a huge amount of talk in the sort of menopause space and about uh, the importance of strength and resistance training. And you actually said to me, when we first chatted, okay, yes, we do need to keep strong, but actually there is more to it than that. We need to keep moving as well in, in, in just in the ways that you just said. So I wonder if maybe we could just, you know, tell me a little bit more about, about what you, how you think about that. Yeah, there's definitely be a huge shift towards strength training and just defining strength training uh, just for a moment. That is basically anything where we're exerting force against a lever. So that can be, Body weight is strength training. Bands can be uh, strength training. You know, um, you know, yoga, Pilates—they're all strength training. Uh, but there's definitely been a big shift in talk, big talk towards, um, you know, heavier weights and sort of going heavy, um, which is amazing. Uh, but I think that does have you know, its limitations. But you know, that you have to be a little bit more careful with, uh, and it's just not realistic for everyone to go into a gym. If you are going into gym, really, you you should work out with a, a a qualified personal trainer if you are wanting to go heavier and sort of go onto barbells and lift heavy weights. Um, so it's not realistic for for, for everyone. Uh, people just don't have the the time or resources to do that. But actually, you can really build a huge amount of strength through body weight and lighter dumbbells, um, which you can do at home, um, and just keeping moving and mobile. So, you know, just being able to do one full push-up is a huge exercise. Um, you know, if you, you can, that that's something that you can work up to at home. And these are great exercises that really will build muscle. As I said, a little bit of um, movement and, and and skipping is great for bone health um, and, and squats and uh, lunges and all those sort of things can be done at home with, you know, medium-sized dumbbells and you can hugely benefit from, from them. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic if you are able to and that's what you love doing and you want to lift heavy weights, but I don't think it's necessary for, for all women to, to still achieve, um, you know, to be, to be really strong and, and fit. Um, so, yeah. Um, one question actually I've got is, is kind of like the, the weight strength training versus cardiovascular fitness, because I find if I, 
only do sort of focus on the weights and the resistance training, then I really lose my cardiovascular fitness. And I like to have my car, you know, I like to be able to, mm. to run and not be totally out of breath. But which is also, I imagine, is incredibly important as we get older to keep that cardiovascular fitness. So I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm a bit confused about the fact that there's not more talk about keeping our keeping cardiovascularly fit as well mm. as strong. But I, I, I agree. I like to add just a little bit more that you're really sort of getting those um those sort of huffy puffy out of breath to, to sort of really get the, the heart rate up, um, I think is, is really important. You know, unfortunately, cardiovascular disease still is the biggest killer in, in uh, women um, in, the, in the UK. Um, so it's something that we need to take really seriously and, and think about. And um, yeah, but, you know, it can be in, incorporated into your sort of weekly movement in other ways. You know, brisk walking is great to get the heart rate up. It needs to be brisk. It can't be the slow, tatty walks, which I also love doing. But um, uh, running, again, is is is, is great. You know, um, going on a, on a, a bike, spinning, uh, but as well as the kind of training that I would do, which would be a little bit more body weight and incorporating lots of movement lots of body weight movement is, is also really good for for um yeah getting that pulse rate up yeah and also I find that when I've got that pulse rate up I tend to get a bigger high you know the bigger endorphin rush at the end of the exercise I don't know about you I mean I'm sure people who lift very heavy probably get an endorphin rush as well but you know for me I feel like I've got to have had a really good old sweat to you know afterwards lying collapsed on the ground to get that oh great feeling I think definitely there's something about having a, a really good sweat, you know, sweat it all out feeling. Definitely. I I, I, I do agree. It, it so depends. I mean, you know, when we define strength training, what are we actually talking about? So, so um, you know, strength training can certainly help um, towards cardiovascular health. But but the, the sort of more movement and the more... Uh, yeah, that sort of higher um, heart rate is, is is definitely a real sort of feel good buzz buzz after. It. I no, I I agree. I I definitely love that kind of sweaty feel um, as well. So yeah, yeah definitely achieve that in fitness. By <laughs> so yeah, like oh my goodness, that was such a sweaty one. For those people who really struggle to stay motivated with exercise because I think this is the issue a lot of people know what they should be doing would like to be doing but actually it's the you know they might start but then it's actually keeping going incorporating it into kind of the the weekly routine what would you say Sarah to them you know what tips might you have to try and keep motivated uh, so it is tough, right? And we can't, um, you know, have that 100% motivation all the time. So I, I think we've de- definitely got to recognise that it does go in ebbs and, you know, ebbs and flows. Uh, um, and I certainly don't feel uh, motivated all the time. Um, I think it becoming a habit is, of course, you know, we, we want to get to a stage where it is a habit. And that's going to take a little bit of work and sometimes feel a little bit un- uncomfortable, um, but I would start with really a plan and look at your lifestyle and what is real, really realistic for you. So, you know, if you've got, you know, you've got children, you've got a full time job, 
uh, just working out when those little windows of, of exercise might be that can, you know, not be really stressful to try and fill in. Maybe it's a Saturday morning where you've got 20 minutes or, uh, you know, a, a, you know a, a Wednesday afternoon before supper time or something. So I think planning, I think, is 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 key. Um, I think once we plan, we kind of feel like we've, we've got a little bit more motivation because we can see that in the diary and we, we manage to do it. And then we kind of think, yes, that feels good. I've got that kind of motivation, that feel good for the, for the next time. Um, but definitely keeping it small and and steady to begin with. I think if, you know, I, I see people, they go, oh, yes, I've decided I'm going to exercise every day. And I just, that's too much. None of us can fit that in. So um, I think uh, finding those little windows, being really realistic with your yourself and your own lifestyle and, um, yeah, just keeping it, keeping it, keeping it small, keeping it realistic. Yeah, and some and something small is better than nothing at all. You know, it's like it's isn't something it? Something small, and actually, you know, someone who's maybe I have a lot of questions. Maybe someone's you know been injured or not been well, and I actually say to them, just start by just doing a warm up. That's it. Just a warm up. Just move your body. You know, follow the four minute warm up. That's you know you know on, on and and just see how that feels. That might be enough for the day. That might be just to again so it doesn't feel too big I think I think often we lose motivation because it just feels too overwhelming it just feels too much for us to do but actually if we think you know what four minutes I can I can just move my body see how I feel maybe that would end up you know doing a doing a little workout or something but just to have those four minutes to just start to move if you do nothing you know you look back in a in a year you're going to be in exactly where you are now whereas if you did you know just say you did four minutes even three four, four minutes a week you're exactly. already in a year's time going to be somewhere completely different to where you are now and it's it really um, is those bite-sized chunks yeah and it's getting to the point where it is habit and I know there's, well, there's so many books on creating habits isn't there but um and I see with my clients often come to me, really don't want to exercise. They they come to me because they they know they should. And it's all a bit, don't want to really be here or they don't really want to do their fitness. But actually, just by the consistency of moving, it's almost like they get to a tipping point. And after they've got to that tipping point, then it is habit. Then they start to need it in their life. Then it becomes like brushing their teeth. You just feel... Like if you haven't done it, just a bit weird. You just, oh, I feel horrible. I haven't done my, you know, I haven't done my movement. And it's just getting to that tipping point where yeah. then it locks into your life. Then you make it work. Then you make it happen. Uh, but, you know, it's a little bit of a journey to get to that. But it's just getting to that tipping point where then it becomes just a part of your lifestyle. This is creating a lifestyle that you're going to do forever, that you're going to, you know, keep moving. So it has to be realistic. It has to be consistent and it has to work, you know, it has to work within, or you have to make it work within your lifestyle. So, yeah, I love that you said that because I totally naturally resonate with that. You know, I didn't used to ex- need to exercise, uh, you know, when I was in my 30s or in the sense that I had that, that real urge, that feeling of like, it just had, it's something I have to do. 
And now I, I totally have that. If I don't exercise, it is a bit like not cleaning my teeth. I feel a bit weird and I don't I don't like how I don't like how it makes me feel. And for me, it's not just about the physical benefits. It's very much also about the, the mental benefits, which I get. You know, it's so good for my mental health. Mm. And I just want to tell everybody who's listening that it is absolutely possible to get to that tipping point and go to the other side. It's not people say to me, oh, it's just because you're all so fit and you you're good at all of this stuff and it's like no I didn't used to be I absolutely did not used to be and it's only through habit and consistency that I've got to this point and you do get to that point where you kind of need it in your life and it's just part of what you do it is it becomes your identity and I know there's a lot of the habit change yeah. about it is an identity thing you're either saying to yourself oh I'm just not someone who who exercises but actually you can become that person who is someone who exercises yeah. You totally can. And I've seen so many women sort of pass that tipping point, which is so satisfying. And then the amazing thing is it just leads on to other things. It opens up this whole new life that you can do other things. You can, you can, I, I don't know, I've had women that have suddenly yeah, then gone on to start running or they've started being involved in um uh, they've started involved in their, their local dramatic society because they've suddenly got all this confidence and it like opens up the door for, for so many things. You you can then join in in life. You know, you're not the outsider anymore. You're, you, you have that confidence. You're feeling strong. You're physically feeling strong. You're feeling more alert. You're less fatigued. You have all those wonderful benefits that, that exercise gives. So it is possible for absolutely everyone whatever stage whether they've never done anything or you know they've done it in the past or or yeah it, it's totally possible to to get there yeah and not forgetting as well as we get older we're going to be able to be so much more mobile fit I mean the, there is so much research now about how it is so beneficial as we age it just is one of the best things we could possibly do so I'm always like why would you not why would you not do it when you just know that there is so many benefits and it does make you feel good it's just about get getting started so Sarah if someone's listening to this now and going you know then really not doing much at all and they want to get started you know what would you suggest that first that first little toe dip in the water well um I would just start moving even if that's just you know getting out and, and walking every day um that obviously has huge mental health benefits as well you know getting uh getting sunlight helps you know to set your uh, set your uh, circadian rhythm all of those benefits so definitely walking just starting to move the body um I'd say that was that was that was key to stop it and then and then find a program maybe you know obviously fitness bikes of course <laughs> but um you know find, find a program that maybe you know you've been recommended or a friend does maybe you can you know, invest in a, a a couple of PT sessions. They might not be sustainable for you, but even if it's just to get you motivated, sometimes I have um, people just check in with me, just want me to sort of check their pattern of movement and maybe make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're doing their squats properly. And then off they go, they'll either do the fitness bites or what, you know, whatever, just to get them, to get them started. So um, yeah, find a buddy that's, that's, um, you know, that that's doing something already or that you can team up with. So you've got a little bit of accountability um, with each other, but um, yeah, 
taking small baby steps, but definitely getting, you know, getting off the sofa, getting outside and just seizing those opportunities to move. Yeah. And yeah, Um, and this is why I love you what you do, because for those people who are really terrified of going to a gym or, you know, because I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to a gym. It's really a scary place to be. Actually, you can do so much in your own home. This is one positive thing which has actually come out of the pandemic, isn't it? Because we all got had to get used to exercising at home. But actually, you know, what you do is shows people that it really is possible to do it anywhere. It's possible. And also, it's, you know, you can mix it up that there's so many ways in which you can you can do it. As I just said, you might do a class, but also work out at home, you might just completely do your exercise at home. You don't need a huge amount of equipment, just, you know, the size of a mat. I'd also say, actually, is creating a little area. Now, I know, you know, we all have, you know, gyms at, at home, but actually, if you can dedicate a little space, maybe in a spare bedroom or, I don't know, the side of the kitchen where you can just keep a mat and a couple of weights and a band that's not going to be terrorised by your dogs or your kids or whatever, that, that that you remove the resistance, it's there, it's waiting for you, you don't have to haul it out the cupboard, um, you know, you're, you're set up. And that's your little that's your little space, your special space where you can, you know, you can just move your body. And that starts to become, you know, a place that you, you know, you want to go and you want to hang out and yeah. In our kitchen, we have a few weights, which we got actually in the in lockdown, but they just live in the kitchen now. And it's amazing. Someone always picks them up when they're in the kitchen <laughs> and does something with them. So it's just having them around, actually. You know, it's kind of they they do actually get used. And I often maybe once a week might do something at home in the kitchen with them. And yeah, they're just there. And it is it's just like creating that environment where it's, yeah, as you say, really super easy. Yeah, and there's there's lots, you know, there's lots on this sort of exercise snacking, and it is too. I always do a little stretch when I've got my leg on the kitchen counter or something. I just try and seize any little moments when I can, you know, do a stretch, or I've got the kids doing push-ups or something, and you know, uh, off the off the kitchen chest. You know, you can always create these environments to move. Include your family. You know, set the example. See, they see mum moving. They 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 will. They will, you know, they copy what they see, right? So, yeah, um, yeah make it an in-family thing that's not just something that mummy does on her own, that actually we can kind of all move together. It's it's such a good example uh, um, for, for our, our kids as well. Yeah, include, get them all, get them all involved. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, Sarah, what are your future plans for Find Your Fit? What's next? Oh, definitely growing, find your fit. You know, I I really want women to feel the benefits of fitness. But it is so important in my life. It's such a lifeline for my for my mental health. Physically, it makes me feel stronger. It makes me feel like, I, as I, we were talking about before, that I can, you know, I can join in with life. I'm not sort of saying, oh no, I can't do that. Oh no, I can't do that. I, you know, I I, I want to feel like this for years to come. And. Uh, yeah, I just want to um, help more women, you know, um, achieve their potential, really. Um, I find it such a relief from so many sort of uh, perimenopause symptoms myself. Definitely helps with anxiety, with sleep, um, you know, weight management. Our bodies are changing and stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it's so, so important to me. Um, 
and just love uh, more women to experience it yeah. and and just, yeah empower them that they can do it and they can do it at home and they can do it without too much effort like bite size <laughs> yeah, exactly so, yeah. so very quickly you know your you just mentioned your own perimenopause experience you know how is it how have you found perimenopause and how have you found exercising through perimenopause it, it definitely helped me sort of manage symptoms I de- definitely experienced more anxiety so at the beginning my 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 uh mid 40s maybe um definitely had lots of sort of sleep dis- disturbances waking up a lot a lot in the night you know that typical 3 a.m <laughs> Every, you know the world is gonna end yeah <laughs> and I I can actually see literally a direct correlation between my sleep patterns and if I exercise if I get outside if I get sort of um light if I've done my strength training I feel so much less anxious I feel so much more I can cope with the world what with what's th- sort of thrown at me um so definitely the symptoms that I've I've experienced, you know, and I, I've been lucky. I've, I've not sort of had debilitating symptoms, but um, definitely those ones I've, I've mentioned. Sleep yeah. is a big one, isn't it? Because we have to fill up our it's our adenosine tanks in order to kind of go to sleep in the evenings. And actually exercise is a great way of doing that. And, you know, and as you say, if we're exercising outside, it's really good for our circadian rhythm great for anxiety and mental health so there are I mean gosh there are huge huge amounts of yeah definitely part of the puzzle I also obviously it's really you know your nutrition is is hugely important and um you know to things like a little bit of meditation or breath work or you know that sort of um more uh calm time is is also it's also really important but yes between those kind of those three nutrition little bit of um pausing throughout the day a little bit of breath work and and um fitness and yes so those are definitely what I find so hugely beneficial Sarah because this is called the positive perimenopause podcast I'm going to ask you my final question which I ask everybody which is can you give the listeners one practical, actionable tip to take away with them today in order to have a really positive perimenopause? I think it's it's just going to be make a start, you know, take that first step towards towards movement, towards including movement in into your day. So as I said before, that's the getting out and walking or you want to find a, a program, then just make that start uh you can do it uh it'll be so hugely beneficial so yeah make a start make a start today absolutely and there's no there's no real negatives at all it's all it's all positive it's all gonna be a few highs and lows on the way but the overall look back and uh why have i not done this before yeah exactly sarah for anybody wants to find out more about you to find out more about fitness bites find your fit where can they come and find you Oh, thank you. Well, definitely my website, there's everything there. So it's, it's uh, find your fit, which is find and then you are fit, F-I-T uh, dot com. So it's all on there. And, and my number, you know, always happy to chat as well. So yeah, do just either, you know, drop me a line or um, get in touch. And, and yes, I'd love to um, love to hear from you. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Sarah. It's been brilliant to chat. And yes, I think you hopefully, I'm sure you have inspired so many people to get moving, keep moving. And yeah, I really do encourage anyone to go and have a look at what at what Sarah's doing because having experienced some of your workouts, uh, well, definitely one workout which you provided for me for Simply Perry, I know that it's it's so doable. It's just brilliant how you can take that 20 minutes and actually feel like you've properly worked out in that time. And yet it really isn't going to take out a massive part of your day. So go and have a look. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Polly. Here are the highlights. Number one, short workouts done at home can be highly effective. You don't necessarily need to spend hours at the gym for a productive exercise routine. Number two, Heavy weightlifting is not necessarily for everyone. Strength training can be achieved using bodyweight exercises, bands, or lighter dumbbells. Number three, it's important to raise your pulse rate for your cardiovascular health. There are many ways of doing this, including walking, cycling, running, as well as strength training. Number four, Keeping motivated and making exercise a habit is a journey that requires planning, consistency and finding realistic windows and perhaps consider finding an accountability buddy to keep you on track. Number five, it is possible for absolutely everyone to get fit regardless of your age or fitness level and it doesn't require a lot of equipment. Number six, There is a correlation between sleep and exercise. Quite simply, exercise will help you sleep better. And number seven, to get started with exercise, start small. Start with small, easy goals and gradually increase the intensity and duration of your workouts over time. Remember, walking can be a great starting point to get moving. And why not try to involve the whole family? I really do hope there's something in today's episode that you can take away, that will be helpful for you. And if there is something which you feel a friend or a family member might benefit from hearing, then do share it with them. If you want, come over to Instagram. You can share it on my page. I will reshare it. Uh, It would be really lovely to hear your thoughts as well about this episode and use me or Sarah as your accountability buddies, if that's helpful. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and follow to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if even better, if you want to come over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be amazing. If you're listening to this, as Halloween is approaching. I really hope you have a wonderfully fun Halloween and I promise you I'm going to try as well. Also, just a reminder, I do have a Facebook group called the Positive Perimenopause Club, which if I'm 100% honest, I've slightly neglected over the last month or so, but I am going to get back in on there and get conversations going. And the people who are in there really are there, I think, to create some sort of community to know that you are not alone so if that feels like something you would like to be part of the link is in the show notes come and join and yes I'm going to be in there much more often and actually I'm going to do what I have done in the past use it as a place to ask questions you might like me to ask in advance of some of these podcast interviews 
so yeah I've got some good guests coming up so that would be a good thing all right have a fantastic week ahead I know my week's gonna be fun and I cannot wait to speak to you next time lots of love bye Thank you.